There is one movie coming out this year that all of us horror fans have been waiting for. Here in the horror community, we are already anticipating it to be the best movie of the year. And of course, you know what I'm talking about. That's right, the Barbie movie. And in tribute to the scariest movie of all times, we are going to be talking about other killer dolls on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Hello and welcome to a very special Cracktastic Plastic episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. And much like our brother show here on the PFPN Network, or uh, Prescribed Films Podcast Network, we're going to be talking about dolls. Yay! Oh, That's uh, what those guys I love sh- talking about. I should yeah, invited about, the boys over. They, they like talking about dolls over there at Cracktastic Do- Plastic. Doll talk. This is episode 285 called Killer Dolls Part 2. I was kept waiting for you to be like, it's action figures. Nah, I'm over that. I call them toys, but it's, okay. it's whatever. Dang it. I was hoping. Nice try. They're action figures. Gosh. <laughs> there you go. This is your first time listening to our show. Let me explain. Attack of the Killer podcast is a horror movie podcast. We're a group of friends. We get together. We pick a topic and we discuss films within that topic. We speak openly and freely, so there may be spoilers, just to let you know. Do you have a place (laughs) where you belong in this world? As a horror fan, do you feel outcast because you watch Friday the 13th films and all your friends watch Fast and the Furious films? First of all, you need new friends. Second of all, you should become an attacker. You can join this special group of horror fans and get all kinds of perks that is exclusive only to the attackers. You can get bonus episodes of the show, early access to the main show. You can get our various YouTube shows like video updates, Insane Mike's Women in Top Ten lists, killer critiques. You can get your own membership card, certificate, and sticker. You can even get original, original art by me called Mikey's Monsters, where I draw you as a monster of my choice. Big hit amongst the attackers. You get exclusive invites to our different events, like our monthly horror hangout, different watch parties that we do, and even get to join our chat called Attack of the Killer Chat. You need to become a member of the Attack of the Killer podcast family becoming by becoming an attacker like these amazing people. Yeah, like Timothy Lennerer, Roman Doppelfeld, Larry Watanabe, Brett Royer, Seth Key, Jessica Irish, Chris Cook, Brian Gotzel, Stephen Sitter, Brandy Moore, Andrew Moeller, Rod Hutchinson, Hot Rod, Carmen D. Haig, Abraham Marino, Jacob Book, Andrew Bentler, Casey Kelderman, Tony Miller, Mike Clayton, Rose Talashoma, Mark Srood, Abe Kirshner, Lisa Cavalier, Holly Berg, Emily Randolph, and Bill Fisher. That is an amazing group of people that I would like to be a part of. Heck yeah. And you can too. Oh. Just go to jointheattackers.com to become an attacker today. Again, that site is jointtheattackers.com. You guys are missing out on fun features like this killer chat where 
I look away from my phone for a minute today, and <laughs> yeah, I found no, out the kidding. maximum notifications that uh, my phone will allow is 99 plus. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it showed. And all because one jerk face had to put, hey, let's yeah. play the game of replace your favorite movie one word in your favorite horror movie with butthole. And then like <laughs> that, then my phone exploded. I had to throw it in the trash and come back later. Who did that? I can't remember, but Emily or I was gonna say Bill well, that sounds somebody. like a Bill. I was, was gonna say Bill. that sounds like Bill. Gosh, it was dang. me. It was, it was you, yeah. It was hilarious, but gosh dang. Things you're missing out on. Anyway. That's what you're missing. Over a so. hundred new movie titles. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So again, that's jointheattackers.com. And now it's time to introduce you to the podcast crew. He's such a Transformers nerd that he has lost sleep wondering if Transformers get health insurance or car insurance. Jason! (laughs) That's great! I'm going to use that, and I'm also actually excited for the Barbie movie. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) I'm not going to lie, so am I. He invested all of his money in a Sylvester Stallone action figure. Now his finances are a little rocky. Tad! (laughs) I have several Stallone action figures. Hey, guys. Of course you do. He asked his wife's creepy doll collection if they were possessed, and he was relieved when they said no. Andy! (laughs) Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We are coming up to our one of our favorite times of the year. That's right. The new season of Joe Bob's Last Drive-In. Oh, when, yes. when When does it start again? 21st. Yeah. And there's only one place you can see that, and that's on Shudder. But Shudder is so much more than just the home of Joe Bob Briggs. There's so many classic movies, original films, even flicks you have never even heard of before. And now is the time to start watching Shudder. Get a month of Shudder for free thanks to us here at Attack of the Killer Podcast. Enter our promo code AOTKP and get a 30-day free trial of the best in horror streaming. Again, that promo code is AOTKP. Why are you laughing? I'm glad you're slowing down on that. It's good. (laughs) It's good for everyone. (laughs) Yeah. All right. And I hope everybody listening to our show is entertained. And that is why we do it for you guys. Yeah. Because we also like to be entertained. Yeah, whether we, it, we hate each other, but we do it for you guys. <laughs> Just for you guys. Absolutely. For our words never spoke. <laughs> so, but my point is, we all like to be entertained as well, whether it be listening to podcasts or watching movies or television. So here's Tad with what we watched. Well, as most of you know, I usually use Letterboxd to see what I've watched, and I'm looking at mine, and I didn't even add the movies from this episode, so I'm Uh in trouble. Uh But uh, Jason, what have you watched? Oh, man, I'm excited to talk about the things I watched tonight. I also am fully aware that I was totally trying to ruin your segue, Mike. I was trying real hard. (laughs) That's going to be my goal for this episode is to screw all of them up. Uh, You're doing great so far. Thanks. Uh, Well, I'll just get it out of the way because I know you went and saw today Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Got to go on a hot date with my lady and got her to the movie theater. Yeah, weird. I know. I had to wine and dine her all day just to get that to happen, but... 
and you took her to this. Yeah, right. What a great date I am. And what did what did she think? Dinner dancing and Dungeons and Dragons. All of these. We'll stop there. Anyway, uh, yeah, she, uh, she, See, that's that 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 is where it stopped. I imagine. Come on, no, she loved it in the movie. Come on, stop it. No, yeah, no, I, I loved the movie. It was so great for all the reasons. I don't know. F fuck the haters. I'll I said F and then said fuck. F fuck the haters. <laughs> I just I can't stand it. This movie was awesome. This movie there, was so much fun. And it was it has haters. Yeah, I didn't because it exists in the world. Oh, because we well, have everything the, has haters. But this because movie, we have the internet. this yeah, yeah. movie might go down as like the best comedy of the year. Jesus Christ, it, I laughed so fucking hard. It, it is so funny. It's really funny. Yeah, and it's not just, just Chris Pine. He's awesome in it, but it's oh, it's great. Well, it's it's, great. it's that it's that whole dynamic of those characters, you yep. know, and that's where where the comedy comes from, is in the characters and how they react to situations and deal with situations, as opposed to being like slapsticky or whatever you know it's the one the um the wizardy dude oh yeah he was fell our in favorite. love with him he yeah was our favorite. and now i want to follow him as an actor yeah you know i immediately went to imdb right after to see what else he was in fell in love with a wizard <laughs> <laughs> okay so you, i'm glad you liked it yeah did you guys see it too you know, I, I've never played D&D. Mm. Um, I saw the trailer, and I it did not appeal to me. But I was like, this I don't I don't understand the culture. So maybe my my like only insight into it is Stranger Things and oh. like like the smelly kids in school. So I'm like, I don't hey. get how I, I was I like, I don't D&D in school. And it's, it was just, it's just another fantasy movie like Lord of the Rings. But it just like the that. the comedy did not seem like appeal to me. But then again, trailers always sure. are hard to gauge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I so haven't, I haven't went back to watch the trailer to see how it did do with the comedy. I kind of grew up on the Saturday morning cartoons, yeah, so dude. I'm willing to give it a chance. And they're in there. It's so okay. awesome. Okay, so I just spoilers. It's on my list of what we watched. I'll just go ahead and finish saying what I was going to say right now. Yeah, I wasn't going to spoil that, but yeah, I I about jumped out of my seat and when I saw... First you see them in the background, but then they keep popping back up yeah, during mostly, that whole final thing. It's mostly from the distance or from behind, and that's just all I needed, and it was great. Yeah. 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 But I don't... I, I kind of feel like this movie has a broad appeal to everybody, and I mean, yes, I played D&D back in the day, and I feel yeah. like I have a decent amount of knowledge and Simon plays it a lot. So what's great is, is like you have somebody who like myself, who's out of touch with it and somebody who's currently in it and both enjoyed it immensely and picked up on, on a lot of the connections to the game. Like, like some of the monsters you get like the gelatinous cube. Yeah. I was there. the only one in the theater to yell out gelatinous cube. Yeah. Uh Oh, just, mm. yeah. Or the mimics, yep. having those in there, and then they name drop right. some things like Baldur's Gate and stuff like that. Um, and then, of course, you know, old school D and D fans like us picking up on the the Saturday morning car- cartoon characters in the background. But at the same time, I feel like this also can have a broad appeal p- for people who don't have any interest. Oh sure, I- I'll tell you, like the first thing that springs in my mind is like I follow this world and and all of its mythology way better than I ever had with Harry Potter. 
Like mm-hmm. watching that very first Harry Potter, I was kind of done with the whole series because there was so much going on that I had no connection to. I had no understanding of the lore. They're saying words that I'm like, is that English? Because it, it's part of their world, but I don't understand it. And so I have a huge disconnect with, with Harry Potter. But I Okay, f- boomer. Yeah, whatever. And I, but I feel like this had, <laughs> this had, um, has enough world building without over explaining everything that it, it it feels easy to follow at the same time. Yeah, it wasn't a lot of inside baseball really, just yeah. sweet little references for yeah. anyone. What did Michelle think? Uh she really liked it. She had a lot of fun. She turned it around on movies then? Oh no. <laughs> oh and she I mean at the same time like I it took it was the movie was almost over and I look over and she's got her fingers in her ears cuz it was loud as hell. And, yeah. I, and I was just like, "Oh, okay. She's having a hard time." But anyway, it's about over. <laughs> um, but then I was going to go to my next movie that she watched with me. Not in the oh. theater, but at home. And uh, because it's about video games, one Tetris. video game that was really awesome is called Tetris. <gasps> oh, you watched that. Mm-hmm. I saw the trailer for it just over the weekend, and I'm like, oh, that looks cool. And then I saw Apple TV, and I'm like, oh, I'll never see it. Mm-hmm. Yep, starring Taron Edgerton. It was awesome. It was like Elton John and uh, Kingsman himself. Yep. He's great. Really is. And uh, this movie's um, awesome because no one one knows. I mean, I I assume it's dramatized, but still, like, any of the backstory of how this game became what it is today is no one knows about its Russian ties and, and all that stuff. It was so cool to just see a dramatized version of this documentary of Tetris. And uh, they did a lot of really fun, uh, you know, with like um, scene changes. It'll switch to video game type stuff or a scene will start pixelated and turn into the real. You know, they did a lot of video gaming to the movie. It was kind of neat, but not too much, I don't think. What a time. Like we have in the same weekend Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Tetris, and just biopic and and air a, a movie about the creation of <laughs> air jordan shoes yeah. like crazy i know that there's a documentary uh that's out on golden eye just how much of a <laughs> phenomenon that was when uh on n64 it's called like golden era and it's like a wow. feature link documentary just on golden eye wow <laughs> And then the the last thing I'll talk about, I didn't get to watch with Michelle, only because I didn't want to wait for her. Um, and I, it's a six part uh, mini series, and I'm so excited that uh, when we got uh, Showtime to watch Yellow Jackets, that means I got to watch this. Um, and it fucking has just blown me away. It stuck with me. I watched, you know, two episodes every night for three days, and it's just, I just absorbed it. I've obsessed about it. I've continually, it's followed me since then. Um, George and Tammy, featuring Jessica Chastain and Michael Shannon about George Jones and Tammy Wynette. Interesting. The rise and fall of country music's king and queen. It was fucking awesome. awesome. Yeah. Michael Shannon. I've liked guys. everything I've seen Michael Shannon in. Absolutely. They're, I mean, not very often, but once in a while, they'd be like, holy shit, that's George Jones. <laughs> you know, just had those nice moments. And I yeah. I think Jessica Chastain's definitely one of my movie girlfriends. Gosh, she's, she's awesome. She's awesome. 
and Steve Zahn's in it. Ooh. Yeah, it's really good. And huh. it, it's yeah, I think it's on Showtime, but it's it's phenomenal. The music is so good. I've been listening to <laughs> George Joe's nonstop since it's been kind of nuts because uh, cool. I'm not really a country guy. But no. my goodness, I just never, I never realized how autobiographical those songs those two sang over those years oh really because like you might have heard the songs i mean if if for those who do like country music and have listened to it you'll know the songs but to see them like placed into the timeline of their life and how that song is like holy shit that's about that <laughs> and that song's about that and and to see it just all interconnect and it um it's just amazing but that's the best thing i've watched um, I loved it so much, George and Tammy, and that's what I watched. Excellent, Mike. What have you watched? Okay, so I already I only had a couple things, so and I already talked said my piece on Dungeons and Dragons, so which is good because um, the other thing that I watched, I also watched a, a mini series or whatever you want to call it um, on uh, Paramount Plus that Ooh. came out last year. That I that I too am highly obsessed with, and um, mad at myself for not watching it sooner because it's everything that I love. Um, and I tried to rein myself in by taking notes, so I'm just not gushing and going on forever about this. But then my notes turned into two pages anyway, uh, and I'm talking about uh, from last year, the offer the the bio series about um, the making of the Godfather. Oh yeah, oh. I watched it. Oh my god, so good. Well, I love gangster films. I love movies and shows about making movies. I thought and it was. I like it better. I'd rather watch it than watch The Godfather. <laughs> I, I agree. Although it does make you want to watch The Godfather once once it's over, doesn't it? Yes, it did me. Yeah. So for those who don't know. Um, it's about the producer of the film, Albert Rudy, who uh, is making the movie The Godfather, showing his struggles, fighting with the studio, uh, getting heat from the mob, and then becoming BFFs with one of the top mob bosses. Um, and all of it just to try to get a film made and sacrificing everything to get Coppola's vision. Um, amazing characters where everyone you hate uh, there, there's so many amazing characters in this, like so many characters that you hate one minute, uh, for being an obstacle for, uh, Rudy. And then the next minute you're loving them because now they're the movie's biggest supporter. Uh, such a great cast. Miles Teller plays Rudy. Um, Matthew Good plays That's Robert great. Evans, who's the head of Paramount. Who's probably, I don't know. I go back and forth on who my favorite character is, but he might be my favorite character. He is so full of himself and obnoxious, but it kind of sucks because he kind of you kind of feel like he has every right to be full of himself and obnoxious. Um, uh, what my favorite casting was Dan uh, Fogler as Francis Ford Coppola. Oh, you love him. I do love him, and it 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 may seem like an odd choice, but physically spot on. <laughs> he yeah, just looks sense. Francis Ford Coppola, and uh, you got Colin Hanks in there, um, who is like I, I'm still not 100 percent sure of what his job title was at Paramount, but he was kind of head of the business side of things, and he's probably one of the biggest quote-unquote villains of the movie. But Stick in the, the mud. Yeah. But even by the end, he's like, you know, hugging hugging Rudy and 
high five and Coppola. And it's just like, it's just amazing that there's like all these characters at one point or another are pieces of crap, but then like you're rooting for them by the end. Um, I can never say his name right. Uh, uh, Gov- Govini, um, Giovanni Rabisi. There you go. He plays Joe Colombo, the mob boss who tries to stop the movie, but then ends up becoming really close friends with Rudy and a big supporter of the movie. I loved him too. Like he stole the show anytime he came up on screen. Um, he just was just so much like your stereotype gangster guy. Um, I'm going to, I, <laughs> I listed so many of the, uh, actors and characters. I will try to jump ahead here. Um, Another thing I really liked about it is like usually when you get like Hollywood biopics like this, they usually really exploit like the drug use or alcohol abuse and um, the sex and infidelity and all that stuff. And now the show has it, but it it's not a major focus. A lot of those things are in service to like the story or the characters. Like the, for example, the head of uh, Paramount. Um, Evans, his wife ends up leaving him at one point and he kind of falls apart. And he's like a guy who's like this, like, um, puppeteer for everybody, even his own bosses. He like manipulates and gets done what he wants done. And then, but his whole life comes kind of crashing down when his wife leaves him. And uh, so he ends up like, you know, drinking too much, doing Coke. There's a couple times where he's doing cocaine in the movie, but it's not heavily focused on either. Um, it's they mostly, tackle most of that in The Kid Stays in the Picture, which is a great uh, documentary about Bob Evans. But Sorry, oh, just okay. to throw that in there. Well, and that's the thing. If it was a bigger part of his story, I, I really think kudos to the show for not um, you know, forcing that down our throats as the viewer. Because you know, just so many, so many biopics you see about celebrities and whatnot just really focuses on the bad stuff. And what is great is just like everything this guy goes through um, – like every time he gets a victory, there's a couple other things that get in the way, but he, he, he rarely lets it stop him and get him down. Um, and it, it's so great. And another great example of what I'm talking about too, with like the exploitation side of things, there's the, 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 uh, president of the entire company that owns Paramount, uh, uh, Bluehorn or Bluehorn, um, really takes a liking to, uh, the secretary or his, uh, um, uh, Rudy's assistant, Betty. And unlike what you would see where in other, you know, films or whatever, where we just go down this road of like using her body and using sex to get what she wants. It really comes off a lot more innocent than that in this. They, um, it's basically just comes off by the end of like, she just befriends a man who everyone else is intimidated by. So he's deep down probably really alone. I'm um, sure she flirts with him and whatnot, but uh, you really get a sense that both of them are on the same page of where their relationship is. And, you know, it's just, it's so good. Jason, you would love it. You've got to check it out. I've seen it uh, on there. I just have, I've been wanting to. It's, it sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm ready to rewatch it again. I'll, <laughs> I'll see you guys. <laughs> anyway, that's what I watched. All right, Andy, what have you watched? Um, I haven't really seen um, anything new per se, but I will probably check out the Dungeons and Dragons one now, and I'll just throw my two cents in on it. Um, it's better to see kids 
you know, since they had a big uproar of it back in the 1980s, because, you know, basically either you're a metalhead, Sataning worshiper. Uh, but it's better to see kids uh, communing and cooperating together, rolling dice, than it is to see them pointing AR-15s at each other. So I'll just leave it at that. Um, I've been watching uh, a series that I love that that's finally back, and it's on Amazon Prime. And I actually, believe it or not, Tad, I fucking love something that Jordan Peele produces and is involved in, and it's called <laughs> Hunters. You guys remember that show? The uh, is it Al, not Al Pacino, is it? Yeah. It's, oh yeah, yeah. Is it? Yeah. The alternate. Reality yeah, Al Pacino, one. and it's he just. Um, I, I won't. I won't spoil it, but it's about these people, and it's set in the 1970s, and I love time-oriented, you know, pieces like this, and it's. Uh, it's all across, you know, it can be in New York, it's in Buenos Aires, it's in, you know, uh, Spain, and it's just these, uh, group of, uh, Jewish people, and, uh, well, they're not all Jewish, actually, um, there's, uh, uh, an Asian guy, uh, and there's a couple of, uh, black girls, there's a nun, and they're all hunting uh, Nazis that escaped the war, and it's fucking awesome. It's it's brutal. They, I mean, they do not screw around. I mean, they will uh, if they find a Nazi. I mean, they'll kill him in front of their kids. They flat don't give a shit. Um, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee is in this season, and she's awesome in it. Uh, uh, we didn't get to see. We we saw that Hitler was still alive in the last season, and I'll spoil it a little bit. Uh, and the guy who plays uh, Hitler is an aging uh, Udo Kerr, and he's awesome as that Hitler. makes sense. Wow. <laughs> it's it's uh, yeah yeah it's it is so so good. I recommend anybody check it out. Um, I've also you know. Uh, I've had a lot of, uh, been watching a lot of my Vinegar Syndrome stuff that I had, you know, sitting on the shelf. I watched um, Adam Rifkin's, or Riff Coogan, if you want to get particular, uh, Invisible Maniac. Um, oh, nice. Uh, is it a good movie? Not really. <laughs> but is it a guilty pleasure of mine? Yeah, it kind of is. Um, basically, it's this, uh, well, I mean... It's what the title says. It's this guy that's a lunatic scientist that escapes an asylum and he figures out how to make himself invisible and he's like teaching summer school and the kids start flipping him too much shit and he ends up bumping them off one by one. Um, I also watched uh, Slaughterhouse Rock, which uh, was not what I expected. I mean, I would assume probably Mike knows this about this movie, right? Yeah, I don't know if I've ever actually seen it, but I can, I'm literally picturing the movie poster in my head. Yeah, yeah, and it's called it's it's called Slaughterhouse Rock, so I figured it was going to be more along the lines of Rock and Roll Nightmare or Hard Rock Zombies, like actually have a music group in it, and this does, but it's like barely anything to do with what the film is. I mean, the film takes place on Alcatraz as well, which I was not expecting that. I mean, it's... Uh, Tony Basil is one of, like, the lead people in it. Like, you know, oh, Mickey, you're so fine, which I wasn't expecting that either. But this was part of, like, a, a two-DVD set, you know, thing. But I was just, like, one of the main reasons why I bought it, I was just, like, I always saw this, you know, uh, 
poster, you know, in like the video stores when I was a kid, I was just like, okay, I'll just check it off the list. Screw it. But yeah, not a good movie. Not really good. I won't really even elaborate because it's not really worth it. But I mean, you guys can look into it, but it's, it's not that great. Um, I also ended up watching uh, the Stallone superhero movie Samaritan. Have you guys seen this yet? It's free on Prime. The trailer. I couldn't decide if it looked. Yeah, I was kind of divided on it. Yeah. Uh, It's. I'll call it. it, It's. It's okay. (laughs) Yep, that sounds. It's okay. It's nothing. You know, super special. It's. It's worth a watch. You know, it's just this. This kid that lives in a really crappy neighborhood. You know. You know, full of crime and. Um, what was that um, superhero movie with Will Smith where he's kind of a dick? Hancock. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that, only I would say this is actually The Oscars. Better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I wouldn't call him a superhero. He's more, more like a supervillain. Um, Damn. Uh, but I, I, I like this better than uh, Hancock. I mean, it's... Uh, hmm. It's just him kind of, you know, befriending. This kid thinks like the world of him because he suspects that he's uh, this old superhero named Samaritan. And, you know, Stallone just, you know, he wants to be just left alone. I mean, he just works on a garbage truck and he picks shit out of the garbage. Oh, just he leave me his... alone. Yeah, I just want to pick up the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Put the out the candle so we try. That's all I do. I like Tad's impressions too because they're not good, and that's why <laughs> Andy's are good. And they're great for that reason. But Tad's is Absolutely. good because that's. But he does it, and I love it. I love him for it. But yeah, it's just like little. It's kind of like a you know, uh, superhero coming of age story. You know how he's like. He wants him to teach him how to fight, you know, to fight the, you know, these gangsters around there. And his his mom doesn't make enough money, and and then it it kind of, in a weird weird way, it's um, kind of reminded me of VFW in like the smallest sense of where like there's like no law and order, like where they're living, and like it's just every kind of bad element is around them everywhere and nobody does nothing you know about it it's just the real shitty neighborhood and uh eventually you know they stop they keep messing with this kid and he he just gets fed up with it and uh the superhero in him comes back but there's a little bit of a twist to it but i'll let you guys decide for yourself but um that and just me kind of binging, you know, old school X Files and watching Hunters with the wife, and that's all. That's what I watched. I was uh, very confused for a second there because you said VFW, and my brain went to UHF, <laughs> and, I, and I was like, "Huh, that's an interesting comparison." Then I'm like, "Wait, VF? Okay, I know what he's talking about. I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't sleep a lot last night, guys." Um, I didn't. I was like, man, my uh, letterbox, like I said, doesn't even have the movies. It has one movie from. I swear I watched the others, guys. But um, I was trying to think of what I watched, and luckily Jason said uh, a, a trigger word when he was talking. I've watched uh, Yellow Jackets, keeping up on yeah. season two. So meaning to watch that. Uh, you know, love season one. I'm not sure they they had a moment in season two so far that was 
batshit crazy awesome. Yep. But I I'm struggling with their current day story because mm-hmm. uh, yep. the show goes back and forth from current to past, and slowly they're like linking the two together really slowly. In the first season, it was like all a mystery, like filling that gap of what happened between. Um, so we're we're still filling that gap, and we're learning some crazy stuff. But I like just do not care about their present versions anymore and even even elijah wood like he's hilarious and i adore that man he's like my favorite human alive but (laughs) i just can't like i just don't care and it's like i find myself watching the new season and just wanting like i want to go back to those the when they were Mm -hmm. kids in the woods like that's all right maybe that's because that's so engaging that it's really killing the present but i'm like I there's still the the mystery in the past stuff is is like real. There yeah. still feels like stakes even though we know the future. But like right. we don't. Yeah. And like but the, the the mysteries they have going in the present it's like I don't care about some hippie group and Right. You know, That's you, that storyline really is you, bothering me. Yeah, Juliet you, Lewis's character I know, is just, she's tied I'm up so bored. basically and like she's your best character and like she's not getting to do anything cuz she's stuck at this stupid camp and I will say, like, Christina Ricci and uh, Elijah Wood together is really fantastic. I fucking love both of them. And having them share, they're they're both playing lunatics with no Mm -hmm. lives uh, that think they're detectives. That is very funny, uh, but only because it's elevated from their great out of, you know, just out there performances from both of them, like, fully committing to these ridiculous cartoony characters. But uh, that's really what I've been watching. And I guess. Uh, Saturday, I sort of watched Empire Records on the big screen. Uh, yeah, because it was Rex Manning Day, but I was also watching UFC fights on my laptop at the same time. So, <laughs> the advantages of being upstairs where I won't be bothering anybody, you know, so I can do to multitask and uh, and I've watched a lot of Snake Alley films, so that's sort of what's been taking up my time. I haven't been to the theater, but I have tickets to go see Renfeld and Evil dead rise so uh, next next time we record i will have so much to say hopefully oh and we also got to watch the horde remember how good that was that was so much fun yeah everyone came to the watch party mike and andy were both there it was so great it was it was (laughs) in the future past past. yeah it was so much fun anyway (laughs) that's what i watched all right so we should probably get into the films for this episode uh, Jason, where are we going to start here with Killer Dolls? Today we're starting way back in 1978 with the film Magic. When your heart begins to pound, when your mind begins to go, keep telling yourself it's only a movie. You do magic too? Corky does magic. I only do tricks. There's never been a magician like him. How long you been like this, kid? You never really told why you were here. Hiding. Wasn't that cheap in New York? You want success, but you're afraid of it. I figured I'd stop by here and ask you folks about you. Not afraid. Where were you living? What city? How many kids? I'm not afraid. Never expected to find you. I've loved you all my damn life. I won't be here! I was afraid of success. Like you said, I needed to get my head on straight. And now you're fine? Sure, on account of Ted. 
I've known her ever since high school. I never figured I'd have a chance with her. Pick hands, don't pick hands, no, please. Let me follow wherever you go. It's only take off. Now everything's changed. She believes me. A man appears after 15 years. Says run away with me. Don't do it. Oh, please, don't kill her. No, I can't do it! A terrifying love story. Joseph E. Levine presents Magic, starring Anthony Hopkins, Anne Margaret, Burgess Meredith, Ed Lauder, distributed by 20th Century Fox. Like the man said, Corky, played by Anthony Hopkins, a failed magician, adopts a new ventriloquist act with an abrasive dummy named Fats and suddenly finds himself lined up for a television show when the unbalanced Corky fears he won't pass the required mental exam, because that's a thing. He runs away with Fats to his hometown, where he meets an old love from high school, Peggy, played by the gorgeous Anne Margaret. Oh, my goodness. Corky persuades Peggy to leave her loveless marriage, but Fats, who seems to be taking on a mind of his own, doesn't approve of the relationship. Directed by Richard Attenborough. Films will find a way. Screenplay, William Goldman. He's done everything. That's like a really... Right. That dude's written some stuff. For example, Princess Bride, Marathon Man, Butch Cassidy, Misery, All the President's Man, Wildcard. So many things. Heat. Um... Yeah, uh, this is good. This is good. This movie's fucking good. Oh, yeah. Is this the oh, first yeah. time watch yep. for anybody? My yeah, me. That's yes. First time. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, I think it was the when we did Killer Dolls one. I just like had some extra time, and I'm like, I'm just gonna do another Killer Dolls. I think that's what it did. But I watched it before, and I'm like, man, yeah, with the cast like this, with such a pedigree in the directing and and writing, that score. Mm. This movie rules, man. It's so fun seeing Anthony Hopkins just like the the dark side. We learn that he can be later. <laughs> yeah. You know, right. to see it this early and, and such a young man. It's so awesome. Yeah, this movie rules. I think I saw this one like not not, you know, way, way back, but probably ten, fifteen years ago on like AMC late night, maybe during, you know, monster fest or something around October. It was one that they used as filler late at night. And I'm like, why isn't no one ever talking about this? Like (laughs) the, the the ventriloquist dummy is, is the creepiest of uh, that I can think of out of like any ventriloquist movie that we have more than dead silence. And it's just so well done because it's not, it's not an intentionally creepy ventriloquist dummy it's just a ventriloquist dummy and and he actually it, it, do you guys know if he's actually like doing the voice for this because uh, yeah because if you watch the credits um anthony hopkins is credited twice he's like first build and i think fourth or fifth build uh once as quirky and others as fats very cool like he, he was fantastic so he's, yeah really good yeah, he's professional dude <laughs> he have another career but uh yeah. 
I mean, I don't know if he's doing the actual ventriloquism, but he, he's the he's the, the he's voice. The voice, yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's I love it's just that '78 feel, the clothes, mm, the yes. look of the film stock. Oh, yeah. Uh, the lighting it's it's actually like a well-made movie too like the cinematography and music is really good it's not just like it's it's one that deserves a lot more credit than it gets like it should Mm -hmm. be in talks as as something up at the top like an actual creepy ass movie and yeah fucking awesome i love this one this is probably my favorite anthony hopkins performance wow nice yeah i mean uh, uh I mean, I may be, you know, probably piss people off when I say this, but I think his, I think this Hannibal Lecter, it's overrated. Yeah, maybe. I, yeah, it just, it just is. But, um, yeah, um, I agree wholeheartedly with you guys on this one. Just the, the look and the feel, not just because I just, I dig old films, but I was just so pleasantly surprised when I saw, you know, when I was watching this, um, all of uh, all of it's good. I mean, I think it's um, in a way. I, I, you know, Tad mentioned uh, Dead Silence, and in a way, I think this movie is actually a little bit more creepier than Dead Silence because it's more, more believable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and just uh, I think Burgess Meredith in it is just <laughs> awesome. Um, like Ed, Ed, you know, and Margaret, you know, and just like, uh, I love just the setting. It's, it's just desolate enough to be, mm-hmm. you know, it's, and it's got a great intimate setting, you know, just this, this lodging area that nobody ever really goes to anymore because, you know, just the, I guess the vacationing spot and they're in the, is it the Poconos or is it the Catskills? I can't, I can't remember. Yes. Like, I, I guess it doesn't matter, but just this, this area is just, it's not new. It's densely populated. So, I mean, they're kind of, uh, they're not really completely off the grid, but they're just away enough to where, you, you know, you can't really get help there as quickly as you would like. And which, you know, adds to the tenseness of, of the situation. At least it did for me. Um, yeah, just uh, just really, really, really good. And I learned that my wife actually has the novelization of this in her library. I was just whoa, like, whoa, cool, nice. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm on the same page as you guys. Love this one. Uh, I've seen it before. I used to have it on VHS, and I think I had seen a majority of this film way too young. <laughs> um, right, because you did some ventriloquism. I- was a big fan of um, ventriloquist dummies and puppets when I was a kid. Very contrast, like most things in my life. I loved them. I, <laughs> I had two them. separate ventriloquist dummies, um, but they could not be left out in sight in my room when I went to sleep at night. Absolutely not. No. If I could see them staring at me in the dark, F that. Nope. So they had to be, like, put in the closet or something. Uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, so... This is great. Yeah, Fats is, is really creepy. Um, such articulation in that uh, ventriloquist dummy. Wow. Uh, especially for the time. Like everything in that on that face moves. Eyebrows, eyes, all that stuff. So it's... it's You, you really... There's moments in the movie, not, not over the top, but subtle enough of like you kind of question 
Right. You don't know. It's ambiguous yeah. through the mm-hmm. whole thing. Because when Fats is talking and moving, he really comes to life in a sense. Mm-hmm. And then you get the you get the scene with what happens to Ed Lauder, and that could have been that moment of like, oh, it is Fats. But then it's yeah. revealed that it really wasn't. I just I thought that that's my favorite sequence in the movie because yeah. that it's just so beautifully executed of the misdirect of, of line. Yep, yeah, mm-hmm. suspend your disbelief. And- yep, exactly. Uh, which goes to say too, like this whole movie is just it's it's a descent into this man's madness, but it's done on a completely flat, realistic level you know, scale of things. There's no, there's no like over the top, you know, crazy camera work. Unlike another film we're going to talk about that, um, that, uh, gives you kind of a false narrative because you're kind of seeing what craziness looks like through the eyes of the guy going crazy. You know, it's just, it's all in his performance and it's just, it's left that way of him, um, degrading into, uh, you know, what happens to him so yes great yes and margaret was mm. very stunning in this one probably the best looking Anne margaret to me anyway um it's kind of a cool grumpy old men reunion <laughs> having Anne margaret and burgess yep. Meredith in the same movie again. yeah but the best performance my favorite actor in the whole film was david ogden styers you know it <laughs> winchester from mash man he had a really good scene anyway um, before we stop, I did. I also really want to mention how freaking cool this poster is. I don't know if you guys have really looked at it. It's like the most simple horror movie poster ever. It's just like two colors. Uh, oh yeah, that was the VHS box cover too. Um, it's just, it's got it's got this little uh, poem on it. It says, "Abracadabra, I sit on his knee. Presto, changeo, and now he is me. Hocus pocus, we take her to bed. Magic is fun." We're dead. And, and so it's like, yeah, it's got a picture of the doll. But it's it's got this powder blue. That's just not normal for a horror movie <laughs> poster. Yet it's so freaking cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there, there was a trailer mm-hmm. that aired on TV that had part of that poem where it, like, zoomed in mm. on Fat's, Fat's face and he said, uh, we're dead. And apparently, oh. enough enough parents complained about it that they they had to change it because it was scaring children. Hell yeah! Yeah, I was gonna. I, I thought about bringing that up, but I Horror thought maybe movie you might scaring that people. Trivia, yeah. so. How about that? Um. Yeah. So, what do you have for trivia on this one, Tad? There Besides is that. tons of really cool stuff. Um, Gene Wilder was a, was the original choice for Corky, uh, and director yeah. Richard. Adam Barrow and writer William Goldman wanted him, but producer Joe Joseph Levine refused on the grounds. He wanted no comedians in the movie to distract from the serious nature of the story. Uh, Norman Jewison wanted Jack Nicholson to star, but Nicholson turned it down claiming he did not want to wear a hairpiece. Uh, at one point, Steven Spielberg was courted to direct, uh, but he, and he seriously considered uh, Robert De Niro as Corky. Oh man. Uh, so those are some recasting fun trivia. Uh, Gene Siskel ranked the movie at the number nine spot of his 10 best films of 1978. And that says a lot because he hated horror. <laughs> yeah. uh, wow. Yeah. The Fats Dummy was created specifically to look like Anthony Hopkins. Um, mm, succeeds. 
Yeah, I, I never put that together, but I'm like, oh, I get it. Like looking at it now, it has you know similar. Sounds features. a lot like him too. <laughs> yeah, uh, th- th- this movie was R.L. Stein's inspiration for the dummy Slappy in uh, Goosebumps. Oh, cool, so cool. Uh, and even has the same sounding voice as Fats. Uh, and, and to answer my question earlier, if I would have just read my own trivia. Um, upon seeing Fats for the first time, Anthony Hopkins was allowed to take the doll home to work with it. Oh. How, however, he wound up being so unnerved by it that he called the consulting ventriloquist in the middle of the night, threatening to throw Fats into a canyon if someone <laughs> didn't come and get the doll immediately. Uh, <laughs> director Richard Attenborough ended up going over to Hopkins' house to calm him down. Uh, but oh, he wow, did he funny. did he did learn uh, the magic tricks and the uh ventriloquism so he actually uh learned that and uh a little another little thing on gene wilder uh many years after the film's release gene wilder was asked at a book signing in new york city what role he wished he had gotten to play and he said corky in this film oh very cool so that's like his one like missed it role yeah but lots of cool stuff there i mean this if you like this movie uh the trivia page is like never ending like you just keep scrolling but i thought that that stuff was the most interesting yeah so check it out everybody uh if you've not seen this before or even heard of it before check out magic for sure it's on uh tubi and on uh peacock yeah 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 i think that was really yeah okay so moving on to the best film we're going to talk about tonight uh, andy what's that um, the, this film um, the greatest is film from 1981, time. and it's called Suddenly in the Dark. Is it? This time, the Jirisan Cave is discovered. What is this? This is a secret cave. Who is it? Here, my sister. I'm going to go. 여기가 이제부터 미역이 방이야. 무당은 저희가 용교산 용신할매의 권력을 받고 태어났다고. 아무나 보면 안 돼요. 내 거예요. 네 남편이 설마 그런 짓을 하겠니? 예, 너 사람 의심하는 것처럼 무서운 일은 없다. 그래서 내가 미칠 지경이야. 넌 누굴 죽이려고 그랬어? 네가 일부러 그랬지. spoilers in that trailer <laughs> what am i supposed to do <laughs> okay um kang yujin a wealthy biology professor doing a butterfly field study takes in a new housemaid the young woman miyoki is the daughter of a shaman priestess who recently died in a house fire at first yujin and his wife sion welcome Miyoki into their home, but Sionhi begins to have misgivings when she sees a strange wooden doll that the maid has brought with her. Having suffered from nightmares about exactly the same doll, Sionhi becomes increasingly suspicious that Miyoki is trying to kill her and usurp her household. In a fit of madness, Sionhi causes Miyoki to fall to her death, 
to her death. From then on, Seon-hee is tormented by visions of the doll attacking her. Ah, okay. This comes from Korea, and I think um, a lot of Asian films, uh, particularly horror, um, they base them off of uh, folklore from their culture. I mean, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, Okay. Um, This is clearly a true story. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um... Wow, Andy's we're, Andy's lost for words. Yeah, when that happens, you know it's it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so fucking boring. I'm so bored, dude. Um, He's bored it's, talking it took about for it. it took forever because it was always it was always just like okay, you know, whenever something bad in the house would happen, like when something would you know, break or a pot would fall, you know, I mean, just she would either blame Miyoki or, you know, suspect a doll or she thought her husband was banging this chick and and every time that she would suspect something I would have to look through a fucking kaleidoscope that would make no damn sense (laughs) and it took way too long to get to the good part and then the Uh, good part was ten minutes Right. Yeah, and it's just her freaking out because this doll is attacking her because I'm assuming the the shaman priestess is uh is in possesses the doll um and which is trying to you know avenge the death of her daughter that was you know that fell to her death after she was standing on a rickety ass you know stool and she fell through a window and fell to her death and but yeah, it just, I mean, I, I know, you know, the way movies that are made now, they kind of, you know, they, they give you something good and then they let off the gas, you know, to, you know, make the movie last. But I mean, this didn't hit the gas until like the last five minutes. And it's just like, you got to give us something to, you know, pique our interest. At least you you got to do that with me because I was just like, man, this was a slog. It was just her just always being accusatory and, you know, looking at butterfly slides and I'm just like, oh my god, I'm so bored, dude. I hate you, Mike. When I was, <laughs> yeah. when I was watching that. <laughs> He's I just mean, happy you're you thinking guys, about him. You guys obviously know my opinion, but I mean, let's, I, let's I, hear I, yours. I, I jokingly was sort of, you know, like groaning about it because it obviously out of this episode, my least favorite. But I, I, f- I had a lot I liked about it. Um, it did drag a bit where it was like the same thing, like Andy was saying over and over again. It's like, yeah, uh, you found the, the lighter in the bedroom. Uh, the pot really? fell from this. Like all, you know, this these little things keep happening. It's like, OK, we get it. We get it. Like, move on. Please move on. You're hitting like, us over the head with it, man. Right, and but I mean, visually it was really cool. Um, and there's a lot of weird like scenes where d- women are showering each other. Uh, so yeah, I mean, at least there's that. I mean, uh, you know, and I don't know. Uh, the, like I said, the cool final act of the film that was pretty rad. Uh, I was not really expecting that after I sort of like zoned out and I'm like, am I missing anything? No, it's not that it's hard to follow. It's just that nothing's happening. Like there's, 
not much more to it. I mean, Andy really said it all. It's like, here we go. Is it, you know, the doll keeps popping up and freaking her out. And is it the doll or is she, is she really going crazy or is it, you know, is this stuff really happening? And it does that for like an hour, at least like an hour and 20 minutes of the movie. And then we get a really cool finale. So not worth yeah, the, the payoff at the end, but uh, not the worst film we've watched probably even in the last couple of episodes, yeah, no but <laughs> But yeah, it's like you 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 get to the good. By the time you get to the good stuff, you're so frust. I was so frustrated. I didn't even give a shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, um, yeah. The movie goes is just drags on way too long. It's mostly melodrama, with like you know ten minutes of horror right at the end. Um, you know when the horror stuff happens, it's cool. But just the just the look and the feel and the aesthetic. Again, we're talking, you know, that late seventies, early eighties feel. The score, I really was digging on the score. Um, you know, just the ugly color of that of their house, the interiors <laughs> of their house. I just freaking loved it. Um, you know, and just some of the atmosphere things that they did, which was very, you know, again seventies, early eighties type of thing. Like the stormy night stuff was super cool. Mm-hmm. Was really fun atmospheric kind of like old school haunted house kind of atmosphere building. Um, you know, uh, so I think there's there's some good qualities to it that I enjoyed. But I will say uh, personally, I've never been more bored with multiple shower and bath scenes. Um, <laughs> how dare you that was it was who too, are too you much too long and and yeah and that's all there was a drain on the bathroom floor because she was sitting on the damn floor that's and she's a, just rinsing her off i'm like and that's all right that's all um that's all she did in the whole goddamn movie was take showers like every time and that's okay oh. that was part of the two things i was gonna say that's, that was that's good. only okay if you're breaks <laughs> Um, one last thing I will say, and this is for Andy, uh, in Slack and, um, hashtag episode ideas, tad good, February 17th at 2.35 PM, <laughs> killer dolls Two, Megan, the pit magic, dead silence, Dolly dearest, suddenly in the dark. Oh, so you can't put it all on me. Oh. Busted. <laughs> yeah, but you, you gave it the go-ahead. You gave it the seal of approval. So, I mean, yeah, I, I can't I really gave you explain. options, and you picked it. <laughs> That's also true. You ultimately decided, Hey, boss. I'm just saying I can't take all the blood. That's true. That's true. I'll take some. That's okay. <laughs> I, I have nothing else. Like I said, I mean, at least there's nudity. Yeah, that <laughs> I, yeah, that was one of the few things I did. I didn't. I agree with everything you guys said. The the nudity helped me get to the next section of the movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right when I was about to turn it off, seen? it's like, all right, there's some nudity. Wake up, all look right. up from your phone. All right, I'll get to the next. No, wasn't on my phone because it's fucking. It was subtitles. It's fine that it's subtitles. I don't hate. I love subtitles. I I love. I don't enjoy dubs, but. When I start a movie, it's my it's on me. But when I decided to start watching at midnight, reading yeah, is the last that thing. Sailor I Moon anime right now. Your eyes are crossing. It's oh, like uh, it's tough. But the but the other things I like. It's like 
it's hard to like or the seventies, eighties film stuff, you know, all that stuff. But I, I love seeing the any there's just something about an Asian film. Just all those qualities, just seeing just looking at the fucking furniture in their rooms, you know, the, yeah. that shit's fucking awesome. Yeah, I mean, it, that did it did have a nice, you, you know, know, look mm-hmm. and feel to it. I, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give it that. Hundred percent agree. So I like, loved that, that all that stuff personally. That red red big ass shag carpeting and yeah, I love some of the uh, some of the decor, like the two, the two cobras with the mongoose. What the fuck? Oh, right? yeah. That they just kept focusing on through the Just getting movie. that glimpse into the culture. It's just great. And I like, yeah. I'll always, you know, not mind it for that, for sure. I just want to know, is it is it is it bad filmmaking or is it actually part of the culture to put your phone on an end table type of thing that's got these, like, bars on either end of it? And to dial the phone, they reach through that bar to dial it every single time? I don't. Or is this weird? Or is this weird? Or when uh, you have to earn that phone call, <laughs> right? Or, or when she was getting gassed out and about ready to pass out, and she was like toppling over there in the kitchen from the from the gas. She about yeah. Complete- she damn near yanked the fucking stove off the counter. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, geez, they don't connect shit to the wall overseas. What the fuck? I feel like that was. Tor Johnson playing Knife from Outer Space moment. <laughs> it sort of felt like a, an Asian giallo. Like it looked like yes, visually yeah. almost mm. a, a I 70s giallo. Yeah. Yeah, it really f- had an Italian feel to it for me. Yeah. Okay. It's like very, I mean, it's like the saturation and then, you know, you get the, the color gels and the, yeah, mm. and, and the kaleidoscope shit, you would see, I oh, could see yeah, something like wrong. that. In a Ar- in a Argento movie, but uh, yeah, it, it has its merits. It, though, I think it does. Yeah, it does. it does. Yeah. So, what trivia do you got for this one? Not a thing. There's nothing on the internet. I search <laughs> right. high and low. Most people don't even know this exists. Yeah, pretty it. much. I mean, like Jason sort of alluded to, we were looking for it. It, it goes by different titles depending on wh- yeah. what website you're looking at. So yeah. I'll even, yeah. Heck of a time tracking Not this thing down. Anyone after listening to this is going to look for it. They'll just oh, Google you know for it. Our them. listeners, the, the worse we make it sound, the harder they watch something. Godskill is just going to go on uh, Mr. Skin or whatever and check out the nude scenes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Tad, what's the next movie we're going to talk about? I'm so excited. The next one is a new modern horror movie and it is from 2022 it's megan katie you lost your parents welcome home you're my niece i'm gonna do everything i can to make this place feel like home just wish i could see them again i'm not equipped to handle this i don't even take care of my own plants i have this project at work do you want to see yes ever since i was little I dreamed of this perfect toy that would protect a kid from ever feeling lonely or sad. This is Megan. Hi, Megan. I'm Katie. It's nice to meet you, Katie. Do you want to hang out? Okay. Megan, your goal is to protect Katie from harm, both physical and emotional. Is that a doll? Model 3 generative. Android. Megan, for short. 
I can't believe you made this. I love it. Wanna hang out? Yeah, sounds like fun. Great job. It's nice to have a friend. It's honestly like she's part of the family now. They could be building emotional connections that are too hard to untangle. She's the happiest she's been since her parents died. Eat the toppings, Katie. Research shows if you force a child to eat vegetables, they'll be less likely to choose those foods as adults. Is that so? Yes. Experts say... Megan, turn off. I thought we were having a conversation. Does she talk? Make her say something. Stop! Don't! Megan! You should probably run. Megan, she pushed Brandon onto the road. I won't let anything harm you. Megan, turn off. Recalibrating response model. <laughs> Megan! What's wrong with you? Don't worry, Katie. I won't let anything harm you. Ever again. It's nice to have All right. And then when I said 2022, I was looking at IMDb. Technically, it came out in January 2023. So this is sort of the first new horror movie of the year. Um, a robotics engineer at a toy company builds a lifelike doll that begins to take on a life of its own. Directed by Gerard Johnstone, who did uh, some really cool stuff. He did Housebound from 2014. Nice. I love that one. Oh, nice. Uh, written by Akila Cooper and Mr. James Wan. I don't know if you heard of him, but he's a pretty big deal. Uh, starring Allison Williams, who I love in this. Uh I mean, come on, a smart, hot chick who collect has collectibles and no kids, like, <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> well, not anymore. Hello. Yeah, and uh, I, I just, yeah, this movie like sort of just came like out of nowhere for me in the trailer. I was like, I don't know about this, but this looks like fun. This did everything that I wanted. Like, I wish sort of that the the Child's Play reboot did. It's it doesn't take itself seriously. It's very campy, very fun. Uh, very creepy. I love that it it, it sort of. I mean, d- did you guys watch this in theaters or did you see it streaming? Sadly, I saw it streaming. streaming. My TV's yeah. so big, it's like. A well, did I'm asking because <laughs> you probably saw the uncut version on Peacock, right? That's what yeah. I watched. Because yeah. I saw this in theaters, the PG-13 version. Then I watched it again, the uncut version, and yeah. it's so cool because it's like. My niece is turned, she's 10, and my sister was like, do you think, like, Megan would be okay for her? And I'm like, well, the one I saw in theaters would be okay. <laughs> and she's like, okay, well, you know, we'll watch the unrated cut because that's what's on Peacock. And then she's like, Oops. dude, they kill a woman with a pressure washer. And I'm like, yeah, that wasn't in the theatrical version. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's a lot more stuff, but it's uh, it's just cool that, like, you can have a gateway horror out of this, but we also have this version that has the gore to it. But man, I, I really, I, I adore this one. Basically, um, Allison Williams is a single woman who's very smart, creates robotics. Uh, she works at a toy company on the side. She's creating this AI project, uh, without her boss's approval. And once her boss sort of catches it, um, she's in some trouble, but 
in the meantime, her niece uh, is in an accident with her parents. The parents die. The niece survives, and she is the godmother, so she has to take over parental duties. She's obviously not at all ready for this, uh, so she sees an opportunity. How about I help my niece out, and, and we also test out this new Megan AI robot, of course. AI is something that's uh, been something, I mean, we just did, like the, the tech, technology or internet horror episode, and uh you know very much dark seed also but uh mm-hmm. obviously megan is uh starts to learn on her own and maybe it's me but you know there's certain parts where you're sort of rooting for megan right i mean it's like when little kids being shitty and she's chasing him through the woods that's fucking awesome rips off his ear <laughs> oh, yeah. throws him in front of a moving car it's like <laughs> it's like i it's sort of i mean it's, you know this goes way back you know terminator everything but uh, I, I love that there's like this this Blumhouse sort of uh, gateway horror out of this doll, and there's some really funny moments of it too. There's some humor to it. I I, I adore this one. I hope everyone else enjoys it too. I, it'd it'd be a bummer if anyone of you hated this one. No, I'm with you. I I really enjoyed it too. I loved it. I mean, it's not re- it's not reinventing any wheels or anything. It's it's putting a cool new spin on some on some. Uh, um, subgenres that we've seen before uh you know i felt like there was a little bit of hint of child's play in there and you mentioned terminator and stuff like that but uh you know the the megan doll herself uh is awesome looking uh the way they did that with that actress is super cool um i feel like i i'm i don't if i'm gonna nitpick about any singular thing and it is a super nitpick, um, so minuscule it doesn't matter. Uh, but just like I just felt like there was a few times um, she was inconsistent with the movements. Like there was times where she moved really robotic like, and then other times she walked like a normal person. But do you think it was like her learning? It could be. It could be. And I and I could be okay with that with that I was uh, concept. Um, I was going to touch on that. I think the movie stems really well on that. I mean, if it's if she was walking like you know, fucking RoboCop, I would it would take me right out of the movie. But <laughs> I it, just but imagined was, it. You know, if, if but if she was walking too fluid, it would kind of take me out of the movie, movie too. So I mean, I think she had a, a like almost like the perfect balance. You know, by the way that. She, she, Way the, the way that she moved and i think that's that's really important like one of my favorite scenes is that in that hallway where she meets the like you know boss that we all sort of hate he's the greedy yeah she does the dance moves like the tiktok yeah. dance that's fucking and she starts doing like cartwheels and shit that's fucking awesome because it's like yeah kids kids that age can't do that so it's like it's very fluid but it's also like only a robot could be pulling this off, you know. And then she grabs the the paper cutter blade. I love that shit. That that scene is so good because it's oh, it's yeah. hilarious too. Yeah, yeah. And I love the final battle at the end. I I loved how that uh, that early robot mm-hmm. comes back. I was yes. there. I, I was going to the... mention that too. You're taking all my shit, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's why I jumped um, but, in. <laughs> well, it's it's um what it reminded me of is uh aliens it was like get away from her you bitch and you know where she's in like the 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 loader you know and it's like it was just it just reminded me of aliens you know it's like you you get this other machine to to kind of try to take her out so 
Yeah, I, I'm done. I loved it. Well, so am I. That's all I had to say. Oh, okay. <laughs> I too loved shit. it. It was great. You guys said all the good stuff. Dang it. I <laughs> thought you were going to go, actually. Here's the thing, Here's guys. the thing. Uh, no, I don't want to bum you out. This movie was awesome. <laughs> I loved it. Um, yeah, sucked right in. I mean, I feel so bad for that girl and for Katie and mm-hmm. and... I mean, it's toys. It's, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And uh, um, I hated the boss guy. He sucked, so I'm glad he died. Um, I, I I just had this thought. I say the most unrealistic thing of this whole movie is a toy company saying that this is the only toy you'll ever need. <laughs> that's, yeah, right. That's funny. Um, if I had a nitpick, it'd, it'd just be sometimes... I mean, so I... When Ted first saw this, he said things, and I, you know, I half listen when you guys talk. So <laughs> I remember him saying like cool trivia things about Megan and the actress, and so like I'm really looking forward to trivia on this one because I'm hoping he'll say mm-hmm. all that stuff again. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, the things I I loved about Megan was just that it looked like a plastic robot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's amazing. She um, looked really good. But there were times where I thought the face looked cgi and not plastic okay like it wasn't actually a mask it was probably cgi'd yeah I and i was like oh yeah. i was like oh that area just not that it took me out or anything but i'm just like dang it i really like the plastic or like when you yeah. see your hands and it's just a doll's hands touching your face i'm like that's that's fucking creepier than <laughs> seeing articulated fingers you know like yeah. um, but anyway um why do they always go bad this stuff, I mean, but I I thought the story wise they made they did a pretty great job of um, explaining it. Even though I fucking hated the counselor lady, I mean she from, oh, the, yeah. from the beginning before you she even mm-hmm. went bad. Like she needs to die right away. Make me open right. my vintage toys. <laughs> right, walks right into the room and is automatically talking down to her and oh, just fucking yeah. Yeah, being oh, condescending. Yeah. Yep, hated her bad. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, so. It was, it was awesome, I'll tell, man. I'll tell my sister, like, this is pretty... She doesn't listen. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> when w- when my niece was born 10 years ago, she came to me and Nikki and was like, would you like to be... The godparents were like, what does that entail? And it's like, well, if something were to happen to me and Andrew, you would, like, be the parents. And I'm like, no. Fuck and no. She was like, and she was like, what? Like, like, you know, almost offended. And I'm like, no. Like, I... we planned long ago we don't want kids regardless like I, right. I you do not want your daughter to be parented by us like i have another an older brother who has two boys like she would flourish much more there and i'm like <laughs> watch this movie and i will explain why in you know 90 <laughs> minutes why i would not be a there's fit. reasons i don't right. want kids there's yeah more. and this this movie is like i felt like yeah. i related to her character so much where i'm like I got my own shit going on. I don't have time for a kid and I would probably do something stupid like go downstairs and play with my toys or, you know, uh, let me try to build you a distraction, which would just turn into something horrible. Um, but before, <laughs> but, but before I forget, because you were just talking about it, um, I've got to, I've got to pull up a couple of these facts on the trivia just oh, because, man. uh, you were questioning it. Um, Amy Donald, an actress performed any of Megan's scenes that called for physical movement. The puppet could not do. She also performed all of her own stunt work. 
She received movement coaching from Jed Brophy and Luke Hawker in portraying Megan's agility. On set, she wore a static silicone Megan mask created by Moratone or Morat FX, and this was later replaced by a CGI version of Megan's face to match that of the animatronic. Yeah. Uh, so certain scenes when the actual actress was doing it and the, the mask was sort of couldn't couldn't create uh, facial expressions is when you saw that CGI. Um, but Adrian Morot and Kathy Tessie of Moro FX Studios created an animatronic puppet version of Megan that was used for dialogue and close-ups. There was also a second animatronic used for certain scenes as well as a posable stunt version of Megan that wasn't puppeteered. The animatronic Megan was puppeteered via a variety of techniques, which included radio-controlled facial expressions performed by Adrian and Kathy in tandem, automated lip sync for the dialogue, um, and a puppeteer physically moving Megan's head and body. So a big combination, several several actual puppets um, and actresses combined to create this. A lot of physical. Well done. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Uh, that scene where they bring her home for the first time and she walks in wearing the sunglasses and pulls them off, like for some yeah. reason that is so eerie to me. Like the yeah. first sort of time we see Megan not up on like um, harnesses she, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like hooked yeah. up, like when she's just existing and she she like casually pulls off the sunglasses and it seems so human. She doesn't feel the, like she's performing, you know. Right. And, and and the display. face is like but the face is like it, it's like the same height as the the girl, but it's like the skin is perfect and the eyes something just slightly off about it where it but it's not like done intentionally creepy, you know what I mean? Like it's sort of like in child's play where like the good guy doll is scary, you know, and because it was a good guy doll and this is like an innocent little girl doll that sings bulletproof it's adorable but <laughs> you know shit's coming gonna go down later and and gives off that bad seed vibe yeah and this yeah. and this movie is like short and sweet i i love that it's like the opposite of the other one where it's like there's not a moment that drags it just gets to it like oh, yeah. we know what's gonna happen i hate that it kills the dog i hate yeah. you know that kind yeah. of stuff but it's like this is, you know, it's like an. It feels like an '80s movie, but modernized in a way where it's like you would see this sort of mean stuff where the the, you know, thing would kill the neighbor's dog because the neighbors are are a pain in the ass and, yeah, it's, it. I, I and when the scene when she's on all fours chasing the kid through the forest is fucking cool. Like I love. Yeah. That. Oh yeah. I was like That's laughing awesome. in the theater just because it's so like. Just get she, why is it, why is she getting on all fours? It's so weird, but it's, it's she scary. She goes off on a full gallop, man. Yeah, it, it, too. yeah, she is she is hunting. It's awesome, and that little shit deserved it. Kid <laughs> <laughs> was a dick. Why couldn't the dog attack him, man? Exactly. <laughs> Chew his throat out. <laughs> All right. Do you have any other trivia for this one, Tad? There's all kinds of stuff. Megan's voice is modeled in part from another famous AI gone rogue, GLaDOS from Portal. This is the most notable during scenes where Megan's voice is auto-tuned in order to sound glitchy. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so this idea began with James Wan. Atom- James Wan's Atomic Monster Productions was brainstorming story ideas and chose one about a killer doll. Even though he had already done Annabelle, he said pretty much the concept is embracing technology too much and relying too much on it and what happens when technology runs amok. Uh, it's a commentary on the world we live in and it, f- and it feels relevant. So, uh, you know, it is sort of that cheeky, like, this is 
the, the dolls reacting to our own shitty world. It's learning from shitty people and it's reacting to it. It doesn't, you know, that's what would happen with, with AI and we're learning that and sort of scary. Uh, this is sort of cool. Once the first trailer went viral on TikTok with teenagers, that's when Universal had the movie retooled to get a PG-13 audience. But uh, it did not have... It originally shot as an R-rated movie, um, but they were so close. They only had like a few little things to change to get to PG-13. They thought, why not just tone it down a little bit to uh, sort of get that audience that was on TikTok and loving it. So very smart on them because they made a ton of money on this a, a sequel has been greenlit there's going to be a, a whole megan universe yeah and then hopefully we'll get chucky versus megan Ooh, don't say shit like that <laughs> i think I, I, <laughs> that's awesome I, I was gonna say i don't think chucky's well he's universal which works with I'm just trying to think of the the, just the paperwork involved. Yeah, the yeah. paperwork because Anna, <laughs> Annabelle is the same, you know, producer and and writer, oh, yeah. so they can do that. Uh, yeah, but, but Annabelle doesn't do anything. Like she doesn't. Yeah, she's boring. She's just a literally just a doll that's possessed. So it doesn't uh, move around. Lydia was originally killed by Megan during her rampage at Funky Toys as she had upset Katie by making her cry during a therapy session. When the film was recut to PG-13, her death scene was removed from the final cut, and she ultimately survives, though her mm. sudden disappearance from the film is never explained. So they sort of didn't fill up that loophole when they took her death scene out. Hmm. Very cool. Yeah, I love this one. Thank you for letting us do this one. I've been trying to, f- I try to fit it. For it for I, yeah, yeah. I I've been, just gave up. Yeah, I was like, can we do it? How about uh, internet? How about tech horror? How about and it's like dolls? Okay, I'm just gonna keep putting in everything. You did. You put it in. I'm gonna do a let's just do an episode about horses. Oh, Megan would be good for that. <laughs> little little girls. What? What? No, Dad. <laughs> Power washers. Yes. <laughs> Dad tried everything. Finally got it. Congratulations. Did, did Simon watch this with you? Uh, no. Brandy did, but Simon did not, no. It seems, I mean, he's about that age where... Oh, he probably would have dug it, yeah. Yeah, like, it seems like uh, they're targeting almost his age group, which, you know, yeah. in the theaters, like, I saw it in a packed theater, and people were having a blast. Like, it was a fun movie to watch with a crowd. I bet. All right, well, that's it for the films for this episode. But, hey, there's still more Attack of the Killer podcast to come. We're going to take a quick break, and so you can uh, hear um, about our podcast network, the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. And when we return, we'll be doing segments. Um, The PFPN, our podcast network, is now home to over 30 different shows, like 10 Podcast Lane. 10 Podcast Lane is a show that deals with horror, myths, legends, and more horror. There are tens of thousands of stories out there relating to ghosts, monsters, and hauntings. Some well-known, others not so much. This podcast deals with deals with as many as possible. Uh, Ten Podcast Lane will deliver with horror and an eerie mood to give you, the listener, the best horror experience in the pod world. It's a good show. There's, there's two things. One is an Irish dude, so you get the cool accent. And they're short episodes, so they're like 15, 20 minutes. You're like, yeah. 
So check out 10 Podcast Lane and all the other shows at thepfpn.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the show. And it's segments time here at Attack of the Killer Podcast. We're going to start, as we always do, hearing from you guys, the listeners. Here's Jason with Shoutouts. It's time for... Shoutouts! All right, we asked, what are your favorite killer doll movies? And you guys, let us know. Let's start off with a little one-two punch from the newest podcast on the network, Screams from the Basement. We got Casey Kelderman, attacker Casey, says, Stuart Gordon's Dolls. Hells to the yeah. And following up, we got Sam Lenz. He says, Chucky is my ride or die, but I got to give some love to Dead Silence, James Wan's most underrated flick. Agreed. Agreed. Is that so? Okay. Yeah, that's Unanimous? Good. All right. I need to rewatch it. It's been a long time. Can we do Dolls 3? Killer Dolls 3. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we got James M. Hedrick. Hedrick says uh, nothing. Oh, James. James, sweet. James, yeah. He just posts a picture of the Trilogy of Terror doll. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. That was on Facebook. Over on our Facebook group, the group edition, we got attacker Abe Kirshner says, if you're going to go, if you're going by the trailer, Teddy in the pit. (laughs) (laughs) But the, in the actual movie, that plot line gets lost about halfway through the movie. Either way, it's ridiculous 80s fun. I love the pit so much. Like way too much. Great. Yeah. Dolls a, Part Three. I'm a baby. <laughs> oop, I'm a baby. Oopsie Daisy guy myself. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And then we got Jack uh, or Hot Rod Hutchinson. Have we have we done baby horror? Sorry. We should. I don't know. We should. That's pretty sensitive stuff there. <laughs> well, it makes me want to watch It's Alive again. They scare the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> and like Hot Rod was saying, he says, "I'll put." I'll just put it out there since no one is saying it, but Chucky from Child's Play is probably the greatest killer doll ever, followed by the Zuni fetish doll from Trilogy of Terror 1 and 2. There we go. Chucky's, there we Chucky's go. king. You're right, he is king. Have you watched season two yet? I don't watch any of it. I've yet. gotten like halfway through it, and it's like no one will put it streaming anywhere, so I have to watch it through YouTube TV with yep. commercials. I had to fast forward. Like That's a buzzkill for me. See, that's what I'm waiting for is that for stream somewhere yeah but season one fucking rules it was great season two is pretty wild it's like keeps up it it does but it's like it's getting i mean confusing as to no spoilers but there's just too many chuckies oh yeah there's there's a ripped chucky that has abs it's so like what the fuck is happening at the end of the first (laughs) one yeah (laughs) all right and then uh nothing on twitter but over on the instagram we got 
old school video, Inc. The Reapster. Dolls is the absolute favorite. Gotta give love to Dolly Dearest. Do you? Yep. And <laughs> and the great Tim Thomerson in Doll Man versus the Demonic Toys. Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> no. It can't movie be good. that's seventy five percent footage from the oh, other two oh, films. I say no one's mentioned. Not one mention of Puppet Master. Yeah. yeah. No love for Puppet Master. Oh. Must not be. Yeah. Since that that watch along we had went off so well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the tra- uh, the uh, yeah commentary. <laughs> Hopefully the, la- the last time I watched Puppet Master. But it's not too late if you. Oh, what is that? What is that over Does there? Does he see a red light? I do. It's blinking. Oh, here we go. Hey, everybody. It's Hacker Brian here for my bi weekly phone call. It sounds like we're talking killer dolls this episode. And I have a house full of creepy dolls because I have a four year old. But if we're talking creepy dolls movies, you know, we go Megan, Child's yeah. Play. Yeah. Puppet Master. There we go. Doll, 1987. And my favorite killer doll mannequin movie, Pen. It's Pen real. Mm. It's Pen not real. Are you just fucking insane? (laughs) I'm not sure. If you're listening to this, it's probably the last one. Hope you guys have a good week. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you, Godzilla. And if you want to leave a voicemail like he did, you can give us a call at 415-952-6857. That's 415-95-AOTKP. Leave us that voicemail. We'll play it on the show. We're almost done, but we've got one more segment to go. It's time for Insane's Picks. So I picked a movie uh, for Insane's Picks, and, and a movie I haven't seen in forever, and then I watched it to prepare for the show, and after watching it, I debated if I should cover this film on Insane's Picks. Uh, in this day and age, it, it can be a little bit triggering, uh, but from the depths of 80s exploitation films and from the vaults of trauma, I'm going to be talking about Surf Nazis Must Die from 1987. Mm. Uh, The film is a mix of 80s surf culture mixed with post-apocalyptic action and exploitation revenge flicks. Directed by Peter George, it stars Gail Neely, uh, Barry Brenner, Bobby Breezy, uh, Michael Sonny, a.k.a. Dookie Flyswatter, and Robert Hardin. Uh, this was released and distributed by Troma Films. It's not a Troma movie per se, but it was released by Troma Entertainment. Uh, synopsis. An earthquake leaves the California coastline in ruins and reduces the beaches to a state of chaos. A group of neo-Nazis led by Adolf fights for control against several rival surfer gangs to seize control of the beaches. Meanwhile, an African-American man named Leroy is killed by the surf Nazis while jogging on the beach. Leroy's mother, Mama Washington, devastated by the loss of her son, now vows revenge. After arming herself with a handgun and grenades, she breaks out of her retirement home and exacts vengeance on the surf Nazis. This film is not for everyone, uh, with its themes of, of race and neo-Nazism, uh, it can be a bit shocking. Um, uh, they definitely use 
certain words way too much. Um, lots and lots of Nazi symbolism and uh, a lot of racial stereotypes. Uh, so just want to warn you before getting it's into exploitation. it. What's that? It's exploitation. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, but just want to kind of give you that warning before yeah. you go out and check it out. But I think it's worth a watch. I like this movie. If you can look past all that stuff, it's it's such a crazy blend of all these different genres, um, and I think they do a decent job blending it well enough. Uh, it def it definitely drags in some parts, but it's definitely worth it for Mama Washington's revenge scenes at the end. So if you can't decide if you're in a mood for exploitation or surfing movies, post-apocalyptic cinema, hardcore action, or a revenge film, why not all in one with Surf Nazis Must Die? Nice. That's a debate we all have. For sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's it for this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Uh, you can check out more of Attack of the Killer Podcast on our YouTube channel, Twitter, Facebook, we have Instagram, right? Yeah, and you do that Instagram. TikTok thing. And yes, even now, what the heck? We have TikTok. You, old man, Mike's got this TikTok. <laughs> it's just baffling. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of awesome. It's yeah. fun. Yeah, it's been a couple. It's been a couple months now since we've had it, and uh, yeah, I've done almost eighty videos now. So follow his ass on TikTok. That's right. And if that's still not enough Attack of the Killer podcast in your life, consider becoming an attacker. Again, that website, jointheattackers.com. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I'll let you go now so you can go play with your dolls, and we'll talk to you all next time. Oh, no. Could this be the end of? Attack of the Killer.